0: Hey, sales left audience, it's Tyler Lindley here. Welcome to the show. Today we have Barrett King from HubSpot. Barrett, welcome to the show, how
1: you doing? Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to hang out
0: today. Have a chat. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, just so everybody knows, Barrett is a uh, one of the top channel sales reps at HubSpot. He's also the former head of global sales training, where he trained uh, hundreds and hundreds of sales reps coming up through HubSpot's growing organization. So Barrett and I are really excited to chat today about business leaders who've been thrust into sales roles, uh, but they may or may not have any sales experience, but they've been, they're be the de facto head of sales and 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 how that can how that can be in a growing organization. Have you ever seen that before, Barrett, where where a business leader is the head of sales, but they've never done sales in their life?
1: Yeah, it's common actually. I feel like I feel like more often than not, Tyler, I talk to these folks that they've got a great idea, right? A cool product, a great solution. They're just fired up about creating something that helps somebody else. And that's their specialty. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're quote unquote leading a business and oh gosh, I have to sell it to somebody and I have to gain attention. And so I do see it, I'd say more often than not in most uh, small to medium-sized growing orgs. like It's just a common theme. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And if someone's got that product experience, we talk a lot about product knowledge and sales training and, and that's so important. Is that enough though? If you just know the product really well or where the product's going, does that even really matter in terms of generating revenue?
1: Yeah. Selling. Yeah. It's funny because it... So there's two... I'll bring some of my... Um, I'll call them old school, but like the lessons that I I talked a lot about with sales reps when they were joining HubSpot, folks would come in the door and and they'd be all fired up and, oh gosh, the tool is so cool. And I I love that it does this and does that. And you're like, great. I love your enthusiasm. Um, How do we redirect that? Because I think what most folks in particular in the scenario you're talking about are doing, they're going to feature sell. They're going to bring their knowledge of the tool around that it solves for making the sky look more blue arbitrarily. So it just does this really simplistic, straightforward thing, or it's super complex. And it, I actually, it's funny, it reminds me, I talked to a co-founder, gosh, it's probably a year ago now. And he said, I need a consultant to come in and help us rethink about our go-to-market strategy. And I was like, cool, so what do you sell? Mm-hmm. He said, I have this, and he spent, Tyler, it had to have been 10 minutes. Like, it does this and that, and it functions this way. And at the end, I went, cool, I don't care about any of that. How does it help me? Mm-hmm. And so I think to answer your question, there's a lot of folks that assume because they know about a product they know how to take that product, position it as a solution that solves for a future customer. And that's usually the kind of disconnect between a sales methodology and a like product kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. Your
0: point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great point. And it, it's hard, I think, when you get so excited about the product, uh, whether you're a new sales rep or whether you're the owner of a company and that product's your baby. It's something you've been building in the basement and ready to unleash on the world but the world doesn't really care about the features and and you've got to learn how to, what would be the best way? So if you're so jacked up about your product and you think it's, you think it's going to save the world and and really helps to target this group of people, how do you take that excitement and energy and feature list and turn it into actual, like a a sales process or or put a sales methodology behind it? What's the best step that a a founder that could take? Yeah,
1: that's a cool question. So So I've had a very similar question asked of me recently, almost verbatim, so you hit the nail on the head. I I think what I, my gut reaction is actually easier than you would think. It's, you created this, we'll go with product, or you created this product because you saw a need in the market. What that need came from might've been a conversation with somebody, might've been just your own observations, but there's something there that triggered you to say, like, I should go and build or create or solve for X. Go back to that, go back to the root of it. What, What I think the best sales reps and managers and and the best go-to-market strategies come from, they're all born out of this concept of, I know that I can solve for something. I know my product fills a need. And they reflect on what questions are that would be asked to come to that conclusion, like your product is the product that I need or your service. And so, I think what a strong you know we'll call it a, like a product mindset but a, a strong creative somebody who's clearly trying to build a business around an idea versus just having a cool idea they put out there that person should be thinking about what their customer is asking and looking for and what would lead them to you because sales is really just about positioning value and really if i think about what a great sales rep does it comes back to really this core concept of like gaining context which you gather through investigation questions. We all talk about it as selling, but like you and I know right? we do this every day, a discovery call is learning about their need, knowing likely full well that your solution is what they need, mm-hmm. but then using the context you gather to connect it back to the value you can provide. And so I think as a starting point, it's important for the head of these organizations for for she or for him to go out and say, okay, like I, What do my customers want? Create some content, start documenting the value, not the feature. Like it's great to do the feature part of it, but the value that you provide. And so my last thought on it is, when I think about how to frame it out, this is a good, if you're listening to this, take your pen out and write this down kind of (laughs) moment. I use what, how, why. So whenever I've talked to sales leaders, whenever I've talked to business owners that say to me, okay, like how do I go from where I am to a really good go-to-market message and how do I go and sell this? What, how, why? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like what, Just flat out, what do you do? How do you do it? That's usually where the, the guys and gals that are thinking right now, oh yeah, yeah, I nailed that. Like it does this really cool thing and it does this, you know, in this really interesting way. And then the last part is the, why is it valuable to your buyer? Mm-hmm. And if you nail what, that's easy. How, you're excited at this point, but you really tie it back to the why. What does it solve and why is it important? Man, you are unstoppable when you have that double click moment there on the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the why is sometimes left off, but it's almost where you should start. Sometimes I think Uh, it's one thing I thought you said was interesting. And I've been trying to do this myself is you talked about creating content as a jumping off point. I think that folks think of creating content as just a marketing, something that marketing does and that you should either hire a marketing agency to do that, or you should have someone that works for you that is in marketing that they can create relevant content. However, like I think that the founder or the owner of a business, there's no one better to create that that content than that person, especially totally. if that content is speaking to the value. And, and you mentioned positioning value, it's speaking to the why. Yep. Yeah. You can talk about the what and the how as well, but really like as the founder, your goal is to galvanize and energize people. And, and some of that content could be used to just as a conversation starters. Uh, do you think yep. that like, do you, how much time do you, and effort do you think that these founders and business owners should be spending, like creating their own content and how can yep. they use that as leverage? to start sales conversations.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so if you think about HubSpots and Bell Methodology, the awareness stage, right? The opportunity to get your, your prospect to pay attention to you is fundamental. If people don't know who you are, what are we doing here? Like, why are we even spending time even talking about this? So I actually think a strong, call a founder, but a strong founder or co-founder, this strong leader should be writing something every day, like at least every day or every other day as best they can. I think it's invaluable to the buyer, to their business, but just in general, to their own exercise of really expressing and articulating the way that their solution helps somebody. Because mm-hmm. like, we can talk about sales all day and say it's selling and it's about showing them they need it and it's about convincing them and like, no, buyers are way too smart nowadays. There's too much access with the internet. You can research everything. You can get the answers to everything. Where buyers are being swayed is when you can solve a problem for them now. But if you don't actually highlight that that problem exists, for a lot of buyers, they may not recognize that a new car is going to help them get to work faster, is going to help them do whatever. It's just a crass example. So I think it's important that, and it's not done enough, honestly, by most organizations, but like the founder, the head of engineering, whoever's building your product, if we're talking about software, like the head of engineering should be producing content. I had a startup before this, we had a CEO, a CTO. A head of customer success. She was our VP of customer success. And we had a VP of engineering, and then I was a director of sales. I didn't create content. I should have. I didn't know any better. This is mm. years ago, but like I should have been creating content every day with the most common questions my buyers are asking. Mm-hmm. And if you've got some customers, like you probably validated the market, I should probably have the customer success manager partnering with me. Mm-hmm. Tell me what the customers are asking for and asking about. And so, honestly, Tyler, like at the end of the day, it, the content is there. Get out exists. Like it, it's the reason you created a business. It's the reason you're still championed and excited about this business. You just gotta take it out and put it in a format that makes it easy for your buyer to consume. Yeah. So you write an article, or you record a video, or you like you do the walking down the street thing everyone does now with their phone out in front of them. I'm like, hey, I'm in New York, and I'm talking to so and so. I'm like, just do it because doing it is what actually gets people's attention.
0: I think the act of doing it too, it also gets to think, you start thinking about who is this for? Like when I first started this podcast, I was just like, oh, this is going to be a sales enablement podcast. And what does that mean? That that means nothing to anyone. So I tried to reframe it as, well, no, this is actually just a podcast. It's about sales and, and sales enablement. But it's about it's for revenue leaders who are ready to scale. It's for those specific people who are like ready to put their foot down on their yeah. like revenue engine for their business. They've got a proof of concept and they're ready to take the next step and hire a sales rep or like really get serious about about selling and 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 growing totally. their business. And I think it's more valuable if you think about creating that content. If you have the who in mind, then it becomes sure. so much easier to create it for because you can figure out where do those people hang out and what do they like and what are their what are they really struggling with in their business right now. And then talk about those things. And and it's also not a, it's not a solo effort. It's a team effort. Like you said, everyone should be creating content. Founders, I think they've got to do everything and they, they try to take on everything or be involved in everything. It's a team effort. Like use the people on your team that you've hired to do, who are valuable. They've got all these ideas and content in their head. It's just a matter of getting out of, getting it out of them sometimes.
1: Yeah. It's uh, Daniel Pink, I think is the one that said to sell as human, Mm -hmm. get a book on that. And, and, And it's the concept of that if you just boil it all the way down, actually, another one to mention, just because I'm shouting out <laughs> uh, evangelists or whatever you want to call it. Gary Vee always talks about shut up and do it, right? Like, just do something. I think if you combine those concepts, being real, like, actually, here's a, here's a real world example. So two years ago, I don't think it was last year, it was two years ago, at our big inbound event that HubSpot has every year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was the first time that I really felt like, okay, like, I know what I'm doing here. I've got my head wrapped around the event. I want to do that next le- kind of level, like step further stuff. I'm going to create some content while I'm here and see what happens. Hmm. So I did a live video. No, sorry, I did a recorded video on my Instagram account the first day of the event. I rode down the escalator, so it was like I walked in the building. I got my badge. I walked to the front doors, and for those of you who haven't been to the event, like it's a big, grand open space, color lights, like it's really impressive. And I came down this escalator, making a video mm-hmm. and. It got it was like six or eight thousand impressions. Hmm. I'm nobody. I'm just a sales guy at HubSpot mm-hmm. at the time. I had no context. I just did something. So that's why I bring it up. Is you can be Dan or Sally in the middle of nowhere, America or Europe or Canada or South America. It doesn't matter anywhere in the world. And go out in your backyard and pull your phone out. It's the cool thing about this technology, right? Pull your phone out, <laughs> throw in some headphones, and start talking about what you do. Mm-hmm. And if it's one person that sees it or 1000 people, it doesn't matter. You do it every day, you create a catalog of value that the people that are looking for you will find. And then that's how your process starts.
0: Yep. How do you connect that kind of inbound creating content, valuable things that can help folks help to, you know, build your personal brand and help to make you visible and, and get that, get great ideas that you have that could bring value to your audience. How do you connect that with like specific buyers who might truly really become like almost account-based marketing is a big buzzword right now, but basically, yeah. account-based marketing is just like having a targeted list of people that you create content for that you use to try to get in the door. There, so how do you connect it to specific people that might end up in the pipeline? Because yeah. I think creating content is great, but like, how do you take that next step of having that having that equate to someone is actually in your pipeline and you're talking to them and you're and they they become a part of your a part of your
1: pipeline. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's I think we start to blend marketing and sales when we get to this like level of depth because it's not just do I pick up the phone and call somebody. And although I should be clear, sometimes there's value to that. If you're gonna go sell to I'll just pick a name you recognize, like you're gonna sell to Walmart. Your product is a great fit for Walmart. Yep. Call Walmart go try and, and say, is this interesting? Do you like it? Do you not? Have an open, the humble conversation. They're going to probably kick you in the shin and tell you to go away. Yep. But you're going to take that experience and say, okay, what did I not do? You know, record it if you can. Like, How can I reflect on that opportunity to make it better? Take that into that humble mindset of go and do into your approach to the market. So who is your buyer? You probably know at least one or two of that we call them personas in marketing, but who that profile is. Is mm-hmm. it the head of sales? Is it the head of procurement? Is it the IT director? Is it the CEO? Who are you talking to? Because that that audience definition will evolve and change and grow and constantly be a moving target. But if you at least can look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, Barrett, who wants this? Who's going to buy this? That's going to drive the results to help you frame out your long-term plan. Yep. Because at the end of the day, like... You can sit there all day and do market research and blah blah blah, but I think what you're going to find is that once you boil it down to brass tacks, like there's probably only a handful of folks that you should be communicating with, mm-hmm. and then your job is to go and talk to people like that. Do you know somebody in your network? Have you worked with somebody? A past company, maybe. There's like you need to talk to a director of sales. You don't know anybody, but you were an engineer at your last company. You can probably reach out to whoever the head of engineering was there and say, hey, look, it's a weird question, but I started a new company. I'd love to get your director of sales perspective. Do you think you could put me in touch with that person? Use your network Mm -hmm. and learn through those communications early on what your buyer really cares about. Because it's not going to be as easy as making an assumption, put some cool content out there and nailing it. There's a a mindset of, we probably would call it like a growth mindset, but at the end of the day, a willingness to evolve, Mm -hmm. a willingness to try, a willingness to, I hate the term, fail find What's areas of opportunity because you're not failing. You're learning from yeah. that experience to right.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. So it almost sounds like you would add who to, earlier we were talking about what, how, and why, it sounds like the who yeah. is just as important in that equation, it like is. figuring out that yeah. who, defining that who, and also like picking up the damn phone and calling that who. I think that so many yeah. times this day and age, people are scared to actually pick up the phone and talk to either existing yeah. customers or potential customers. We want to cr- just create content and we want to tweet and we want to be very mindful <laughs> of their time. It's safe. Yeah, safe. yeah. It's safe to play on the sidelines, but at the end of the day, like you don't don't really find out what's going on inside your customer's head unless you actually talk to them, which I think is, is becoming a lost art. But I think the companies that can do that well and the founders that can do that well, and just have the, the brass to actually do it, I think they are at a competitive advantage um, versus the companies who are just making assumptions, doing market research, like you said, because you can market research the heck out of everything. That doesn't mean you're going to make a sale. It doesn't mean you're learning anything. It doesn't mean you're doing anything that is actually action-oriented. You're just uh, gathering information and preparing to take an action, which is a whole nother can of worms. But how, do, how does someone, how would you tell the, to this founder, this head of sales, how would you tell that person to get off the sideline and go yep. and do something?
1: I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's... <laughs> I, so I'm a kind of old school. Like I, early in my career, was in restaurants. Mm-hmm. Where it was like I don't care if you're sick. I don't care if you're tired. The put up or shut up kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And I carry that through sometimes. And so when someone asks a question like you do, of like, how do you, you know, tell that person, the head of the company, to go do this? I have a bit of a direct approach, which is put up or shut up, right? Like you chose to start a business. You didn't, hopefully, and if you did, I'm sorry. You may want to rethink your career path. But hopefully you didn't start this with the intent of it being easy. Mm. Being a founder of a company, being the owner-operator, being the head of sales, however you want to think about it, being all those things, is not easy. It requires a little bit of grit, a little bit of chutzpah, a little gut in in terms of that. So I almost would say, what's the Marine logo? Oh, Embrace the suck. Mm -hmm. Like, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be frustrating. This might be challenging. But it's that pathway through it, those kind of like scrapes and bumps and bruises that makes you stronger and fortifies your position in the market to go and sell and service this customer. And mm-hmm. if you're really just so put off by the idea of approaching that like head of sales you needed to sell to or that IT person, shoot them an email mm-hmm. and just say, hey, look, like I'm testing market fit for a new company. I'm not sure if it works. But if you're up for a 30-minute chat, I'll throw you a $25 Amazon gift card and you guys can buy books or candy or your kid a toy or whatever with it and make them feel good. Most people will say yes to that.
0: A little ethical bribe, so, if you will.
1: Yeah, it's like, like yeah, exactly. Like, here's a little bit of money. Just <laughs> listen to me for 30, 30 minutes. Tell me how much I'm doing greater failing. But I think you have to combine that with using, what, using the people, the industry, using your network, being humble about it. Hey, I don't know if this is going to work. Is anyone willing to talk about it? And I think what you'll find surprisingly is that there's a huge population that wants to contribute to what you're trying to do. And they'll probably tell you how much they hate your product. It's <laughs> just the like human nature. But I think you're going to learn how to then combat that messaging in the market to ensure that you're not going to miss the mark when you actually do go out with that message.
0: Yeah, and taking that action almost ensures you're going to get that feedback like you're talking about, like you're alluding totally. to, like which, which you only get feedback in the real world situation. Like you get it when you're actually yeah. on the court playing the game, when you're in the trenches, that's where you get feedback. When you're thinking of ideas and when you're thinking about making a phone call or you're thinking about sending an email or I'm thinking about creating a video, you have no You're just, you, you create all these scenarios in your mind that are just fictitious. You have no idea if they would be well-received or not, if they resonate with your audience or not, if they were going to lead to a sales conversation or not. So almost like t- jumping off the ledge, if you will, gives you that feedback. Yeah. So that then you can start playing the game. I'd rather play the game and learn constructively or <laughs> not fail, yeah. but uh, learn all the yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. than just be sitting on the sidelines, thinking about how I can play the game and thinking about what yeah. people, how people might react. Cause all that thinking and planning and, and worrying and these scenarios, we build up in our minds, they're not getting you any closer to success.
1: I love that you think about it. That last statement is really important. It doesn't get you closer to success. We have, I have a company I invested in. Their CEO has become a buddy at this point. He wants to know why they ping me and say, "Hey, what do you think about this or that?" And he, his answer for everything is like, "All right, I'm going to go think about it. I'm going to whiteboard on it. I'm going to create a deck." And so we jokingly, I, we have a couple of friends that invested. Where I'll be like, "Hey, you seen this deck? You know, recently, like this guy's just spent 14 hours on his next deck, and it's just..." <laughs> It's always his deck conversation because he builds these crazy PowerPoints. Right. And crossly put no one gives a crap. Like no one cares. It's just he can think all day and go through the eventualities. And your job as a sales, I, I don't know to say personal. Let me try that again. Your job in selling your solution, your product mm-hmm. is to create an opportunity for your buyer to recognize their need in you. Yep. Your job is to build a mirror that they look into and see their challenges their faults their discrepancy their need right your job i think more than anything is is the idea of like inception plant the idea mm-hmm. let them water it let them grow the plant and then look at you and go hey look at this beautiful plant that i grew and you're like oh i know a little something about that plant let me tell you about it and the only way any of that works is if you go do it mm-hmm. and so i think that there's a fundamental ingrained concept here which is Stop talking about it. Yeah. Just go do it. Do it safely, do it smartly, be mindful, but like just go do it. Yeah
0: which is hard. It's not, let's not sugarcoat and pretend like this is easy. No. Like no. I thought about starting a podcast for a long time before I actually turned on a microphone and put something out there in the world. And, and then just my dad watches the first episode. Y- you get nervous because that's what you're, you're worried about. Only my dad's going to watch it. And so at least somebody can give you feedback, whether that's your dad or your dog, or, or, or maybe it's a potential customer. Like you never know until you try. And yeah. it's becomes so much easier. One thing that I would tell folks that if you're worried about selling or you're worried about putting yourself out, there, it becomes so much easier, like the second time you do it or the third time you do it or the yeah. thousandth time you do it. It's so yeah. hard the first time, but if yeah. you build the momentum, it becomes second nature to where you don't even have to, you don't have to build up all this courage and strength just to get to the desk or just to to get out yeah. of the car or make the call. It's so much easier the second time. So just do it the first time. So.
1: Just do it. Yeah. I, you're spot on. I, I echo that entirely. I won't repeat anything other than just it is not easy. And I don't think that it always gets easier for everybody. I think it's important probably to say that too. Like I think the, there is a comfortability with human interaction that is not prevalent with every human, Like just really simply put. And so I think sometimes it makes a big difference when you just admit that this is the reality, accept it. I used to actually use, this is a funny aside, but I read um, 10% Happier by mm-hmm. Dan Harris a couple of years ago. And it's all meditation-based and <laughs> it didn't work for me, but what I found was really interesting, there's a couple of concepts that came out of it. It stuck with me. One in particular is this acronym he talks about, which is RAIN, mm-hmm. R-A-I-N. And so he said, it's, it's really simply put, recognize. So recognize I'm feeling a certain way. I'm anxious about trying to sell this thing. Acknowledge. Okay, so I'm feeling anxious. Let me inspect it. Why am I feeling anxious? So recognize, acknowledge, inspect the feeling, the emotion. Where's it coming from? I haven't talked about this maybe enough. I, don't, I haven't felt like I'm selling, whatever. The N is the key part, non-judgment. Don't judge yourself for it. The reality is you got to do this to try and build your business. So try and don't be upset because you're going to fall down, but get back up because that's the entrepreneur. That's the business leader. The person that says that didn't work sidestep and then keep going <laughs> yeah. and moving on the path.
0: Yeah, I like that acronym too. That's a good way of, of thinking about it. Non-judgment is definitely the hardest part, but hardest. but the exactly. most necessary. And it's funny, like you were talking about sales, but you think it sounds like we're also talking about like training for a marathon or we're talking so, about doing anything. Sales is just, it's tough and it's hard. And that's why a lot of people don't like to do it because you get beat up a lot and there's, there's failure. And the only way to get better at it is to continue doing it and, and learning from, from your mistakes. But that's, it's hard. And that, but it's, it's selling is a lot like starting a business. If you're out there and you've started your business, you've already taken a big leap. Sales is no different. It's just, it might make you uncomfortable. It might, you might be in some uncomfortable uh, social situations where you don't feel hundred percent confident, but the only way to get better is to try those things and to get better one, one call at a time, one, one piece of content at a time, one day at a time. So it's it's important, but it, this applies to life. I feel like we're having a life conversation, not just a sales conversation. Yeah, so. yeah
1: we are. We're enlightening <laughs> the world on how to live your life. <laughs> selling his life to sell as human. Daniel Pink said, to be a business leader, you have to be humble and willing to try. And so I think that would be like my, my parting thought if that's helpful. When I think about what we're talking about today, it's hopefully inspiring someone to hear it and go, okay, you know what? I am going to pick up the phone or I am going to send that email or I am going to go to that in a future state, but go into that ne- you know, networking opportunity. And I think... What it comes down to is a willingness to try, but you've already done that. You were willing to quit your job or start a side hustle or prioritize this (laughs) as a thing you invest in. Keep going. You're doing okay. The lights are still on. And that's really what matters at the end of the day is pursuing what's important and provides value to you.
0: 100%. Thank you so much, Barrett, for joining today. It's been a blast. Uh, If folks want to find you online, what would be the best way to find you,
1: Barrett? Probably my LinkedIn. If you just search Barrett, J King, I come up. That's the LinkedIn domain forward slash Barrett J. King. I'm always happy to connect. I always have to have somebody reach out, you know, have a chat. I love this stuff. I think it's interesting. And at the end of the day, while it is not easy, it's fun. You can make it fun and really meet some incredible people along the way. Perfect. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll link to that in the show notes. Thanks so much, Barrett. Have a good day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the... T-H-E, sales, sales, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at Tyler at the saleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.